Welcome to the Quintessential Being Podcast. Here, you'll find conversations with epic souls that offer fresh perspectives, cultivate awareness, and invite acceptance for you to experience wholeness right now. Join me, Nikki O'Brien, as I dive deep with these beautiful beings of light. Melissa, Cara, oh my goodness, I am so excited to have you on the Quintessential Being podcast. I, You are just a phenomenal woman and business coach and I have worked with you personally and I adore your, I just adore your heart and soul. I love the way your mind thinks. I love the work that you do with women and yeah, thank you so much for coming on. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm really excited to chat to you today about survival mode because I think it's a really common thing to happen in these days. You know, it's a really, and I don't think that I actually realized how deep I was in survival mode until I came out of it and possibly still am dipping in and out of it now. However, I really wanted to bring you on because I think that this is an area that you specialize in and that's something you really help with the transformation with some of your clients. And yeah, I thought my listeners could really benefit from listening to you and us speak about what survivor mode is and how to uncover it and how to move through that process. So first and foremost, let's start with what is survival mode to you? So survival mode to me is really, it's a feeling, right? It's that feeling like you're treading water, like you're keeping your head just above water. Like it's literally, it's the feeling like, and sometimes it comes out as anxiety. Sometimes it feels like not knowing what to do next. Sometimes it feels like just stuck. And it really is, you know, depending on whether we're talking about it just in life or in your business, because to be honest, they can both be applicable. Mm -hmm. (laughs) They can show up different ways as well. They can totally show up different ways, but just survival mode in general is that, that treading water, just, you know, doing what it takes that hamster wheel to get, to get where you kind of feel like you're in a place of okayness, I guess. Yeah. And it feels like, and I love how you really shape that for us because it feels like there's no room for anything else. It's like, there's no room for benefits, for extras, for it's just getting through the day and getting through sometimes moment by moment. Right. And you mentioned something really important there, which I kind of want to speak to, which is that you feel really stuck and you feel like you don't know the next step. So can we unpack that a little bit more? Because I think that's probably one of the biggest indicators, whether you're, you know, whether it's in business or in life in general, I feel like there's this disconnection from yourself and your own guidance, right? So how would you, what would you say to someone who's like, I don't know, and I'm sure lots of your clients come to you and say this, I don't know the next step. How would you guide them in terms of like, you know, is it mindset? Is it, what's your advice around that? So generally when people say they don't know, they've chunked it up too far. They're looking at it from like a 30,000 foot view and they haven't actually just kind of gone to, you know, eye level, right? Like what's right here. And so generally what happens is we kind of, we literally do that. We unpack it a little bit. We're like, okay, so what is it you want to achieve? Right. And, you know, a lot of business coaches are like, let's do your five-year plan. I'm like, let's do your next week plan. Like, so we work in 90 day sprints, but we actually break it down to one week. So if we meet back here in one week, what is it you want to have said you've achieved? Because most people can say in one week what they want to say they've achieved, right? Mm -hmm. 
it's it's a it's a short period of time. It's not like you know I would have conquered the world. I want to you know like done three million in sales. Well, some people might be doing three millions in sales in, in one week, but you know most of my clients aren't at that point, right? Mm-hmm. They're like, okay, I want to have literally done tangibles. And again, coming back to tangibles, because most people are like, I want to feel amazing. I want to feel like my business is on fire at this point, or I want to feel, and feeling is not really a thing. And what do I mean by that is it's not a tangible, right? We control our emotions essentially, but with, as far as a tangible goes, it's like, I want to have posted every day on social media. Mm-hmm. I want to have showed up and done five stories. I want to have made one sale. I want to have really tangible things. So picking a shorter period of time, getting that like really tangible, coming back to the tangibles and just really trying to get out of the 30,000 foot view and right back down to right here, right now. Once you've kind of got this like one week, thing that you want to achieve, all of a sudden things get a lot easier, right? You're like, okay, I know I need to post once a day on social media. That's, that's really, you know, it's obtainable by people, right? So again, it's just kind of coming back to that, not feelings. I want to feel this way, but it's like, what do I want to achieve this week? What are the practical things I need to do? Mm-hmm. Once yeah. we kind of move through that, we start to shift our feelings because we're feeling productive. And when you feel productive, when you are productive, you feel productive. And when you feel productive, well, it's kind of a momentum cycle right there in itself. Right. Yeah. Like the thing that's coming for me is like, you, it's like you gather the evidence. If you break it down into those minute things, you gather the evidence that it's possible. And so therefore your feelings do shift. I really like the way that you view that. What would you say to people though, who, cause I feel like when you're in survival mode, sometimes if you're real deep in it, it's like the, there's like a safety thing attached to it as well. And it kind of feels like, you know, when everything, I don't know whether you've ever experienced in this life, but everything feels impossible. You know, if you're really at that place, like I really want to speak to the people who, you know, there's a lot going on in the world the last couple of years. It's, you know, it's real out here, right? So I also want to not kind of gloss over and just be like, do more, you know, do more things. But how can you cultivate a sense of safety in yourself how can you cultivate a sense of peace in order to be able to do those small steps does that make sense so I actually think you actually gave the magic bullet right there beforehand which is evidence look for evidence so you know a wins folder is really I know it's again really practical right but it's like have I sold something before yes here's examples of where I've sold xyz 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 and it doesn't have to be the thing you're selling right Or here's examples of where I've served my clients powerfully. Wins folder is super powerful so that you actually are gathering evidence because our brain is like, you know, it's kind of working against us sometimes, right? Unless we train it to work for us. And the default like mode is actually to work against us. So, you know, it's going to look for triggers. It's, you know, it's got that monkey mind where it's going to look for the lion, the saber tooth tiger, like from back in the day, it's looking for danger. But we're not really in the saber-toothed tiger time here, are we? So we need to train it to look for the opposite, which is the wins. But that's a process. Mm -hmm. So, you know, anytime you're feeling down and out, anytime you feel like you're struggling, anytime you feel like that's not possible because, you know, that not possible. Most people who go into business have sold something before, Mm -hmm. whether it be for their business or someone else's business or something, they've sold something before, right? And so, you know, it's just the proof that that's even possible. Mm-hmm. 
So looking for that proof that it is possible and keeping evidence of it and that folder like front and handy in your phone or in your computer, all those places, because we want to build that wins culture and we want to build that in ourselves. Like it's possible. The possibility is there already. I love that. And I feel like that's such a, that's such a handy way to like, look at it, you know, like sometimes I think I have that in my brain file, but when you're in that mode, it's really, it's really difficult to kind of pull those things up. Whereas if you have that physical, it's in your phone or it's actually on a piece of paper, a list written up in your house somewhere, you know, and that doesn't just have to apply to business. It can apply to like, you know, parenting, when have I parented really well or yeah, like anything in life. So thank you for sharing that. I wonder if you can speak to us about a time in your life and what was your process when you moved from survival mode to thriving mode, you know, because I think sometimes it can feel like you're taking a massive giant leap or, you know, there's like quantum leaps and stuff like that. And it can feel like that is what it is, but it's, but I don't believe that it should be that complicated. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. Survival mode. Hmm. I'm looking for a specific example. I have to say I've been really fortunate overall. Like I have to genuinely say and, and state that, right? And the reason I say that is because I accidentally ended up everywhere I've ended up. And so it's changed things for me, right? I guess, you know, for me personally, I've been very fortunate because of that. And, you know, it's interesting when I'm actually talking to you and reflecting and, you know, this is real raw, I guess. But, you know, I always did my stuff for fun. I always did my work for fun because my husband worked in corporate and he earned amazing money. And, you know, what I did was literally for fun, essentially. Mm -hmm. And I was just really blessed that my business took off and it it went way faster than I anticipated. I was hoping for 300 bucks a week in all honesty. And, And then I was like, oh, wow, this is not that. This is a lot more than that. And it's grown far beyond that. And so, you know, it's funny because Nick, my husband, he's recently actually, you know, quit corporate and he's homeschooling our daughter. And now I am officially the primary breadwinner, you know, like it was funny because I actually did earn more than him in corporate, but, you know, we never really thought of it that way. It's a whole different dynamic now that, you know, I'm the one and my, my business is the thing that supports our family. And I dealt with a lot of these kind of feelings, actually, funny enough, even though it wasn't actual, but I still had the feelings. What if I fail? What if, what if this all like crumbles underneath me? What if, you know, all of a sudden everything I've built just disappears Mm -hmm. and it's not really rational. Right. Mm -hmm. And this is the thing that this survival mode is. It's not actually really rational. Why would no one in the world buy from us, right? Like, why would no one, like, why would everything fall apart under us? Mm-hmm. Why not me? You know, why them and not me? Why, why, you know, like, and these are the things that I kind of have to like, kind of sit here and, and feel into because although I'm not actually with the threat of it, essentially, like, you know, it's not 
pounding on my door. It felt like it, to be honest. Yeah. It, it genuinely felt like it, even though it wasn't genuinely there. And do you think it, and I know I want to say simple, but like, I don't want to, because simple is not always easy, right? Do you think it's really as simple as as drilling down and identifying that your brain is lying to you most of the time? Like, is it, do we really, is survival mode really about us like body hacking ourselves or almost like biohacking the circuitry that is our brain? Because, you know, when you were talking then I was thinking like your brain is wired, you have wired it that way, you know, and I, and I genuinely believe that, but not everybody has that wiring. And I think, you know, especially when you're undoing that wiring and shifting into new wiring, like I can identify with this, right? Like I remember sitting, I, my son was like five or six weeks old. I was sitting in my sister's house. I was like crying on her bed because I just left my, my son's dad. And I was like, I just felt completely broken. And I wanted to fix my brain because I wanted to, love and accept myself and just be fucking happy, right? <laughs> just be happy with where I am and what I've got. Mm-hmm. And that felt so far away from me. And I remember being frustrated at my brain wiring. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I guess like how do you how have you trained your wiring that way? Like what are the some of the lies that come up? And then what are some of the, you know, and I'm sure it's much easier and quicker now, but I I can almost guarantee that there probably was a, was a time where it wasn't always that way. So what were those first, what were the baby steps like? What were the first steps like so that you could rewire yourself? And because I think essentially is moving out of survivor mode a rewiring? I'd say so. Yeah. I'd say it definitely is because everything's just a paradigm, right? It's a, a, you know, it is, it's just a paradigm essentially. And that's really easy to say because when you're in it, it feels really freaking real, right? <laughs> it feels really freaking real. But in every opportunity, like every moment has a different reality somewhere else, right? Like if we had taken, and this is the sliding doors effect, right? I'll just go for a different sliding doors effect for a second. You know, I'm here in Australia. My mom married a guy from from Australia and we wouldn't have ended up here. I wouldn't have married my husband. I wouldn't have had my daughter. I wouldn't have ended up with this business. Probably I would have ended up on a completely different life path if I hadn't have sat next to her then, well, he's now ex-husband, but her then husband on a bus one day when we were on a vacation in Disneyland, Mm -hmm. like one moment, right? So it's a sliding doors moment and every paradigm is a sliding doors moment essentially, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So we're getting a little bit woo here, but I know I love the woo. And I think that is true. Yeah. And but then I, coming back to practical, bringing it right back down, you know, in every moment we decide, right. In every moment we decide. And so true manifestation, again, I'm giving air quotes here. You guys can't see me giving air quotes here, but true manifestation is really this gratitude in the current present moment for everything that you've got. Absolutely. Everything that you've got, like absolutely looking around and feeling gratitude. And I'm not talking like, like kind of fluffy gratitude. I'm talking like deep gratitude. And so for me to tap into that deep gratitude, 
I'll, I'll full circle this in a second, but for me to tap into this deep gratitude, I generally go to the moment my daughter was born and was placed on my chest. Mm-hmm. Like I could pretty much like when I really truly tap into that, I can cry pretty much instantly. Like it's really easy for me to get in there. And so then once I get into there, I can kind of start to go, okay, gratitude for everything around me, but I need to anchor onto a true gratitude point to actually get into gratitude. Some people are so much better at this than me, but that's how I do it because I find it hard sometimes. Otherwise I'll end up like, I'm grateful for this desk. I'm grateful for this computer. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I do that often. (laughs) I'm grateful for this, you know, like, you know, like it's a bit fluffy to say the least, right? So when I anchor in there, then I start to actually truly tap into gratitude. So then we've got gratitude, which is one of the the leading points you need, but then you need desire too. And desire Mm -hmm. is not from a place of lack. It's actually from a place of, I want to create this. I, I have a longing to create this. And it's two different things because a lot of people tend to think it's like a pact to not be happy until you get what you want. Yeah. (laughs) Nikki's giving me big eyes over here. Just anyone. (laughs) So, you know, it is, and it truly is. And that's toxic desire versus I truly wish to create this. I'm so happy with everything I've got now. I'm so grateful for everything I've got right now. And I yet still desire to create more. Mm. And then when we've actually tapped into these two life forces together, this is where magic happens. This is actually the process of manifestation in itself, which takes the next part, which is what you and everybody have to do next, because this is the thing I feel like is not talked about in the secret unless, you know, it's like aligned action Action. to that. (laughs) Yeah. Like you can't just think it and feel it and vibe it. You have to actually take the action steps. The secret really <laughs> did leave out that, didn't it? It was it really like, did. <laughs> it's like, I can't just write it up on my wall and stick it there. And look at my vision board every day. <laughs> yeah. I love that. That answer was so, there's so much in there and it's so juicy and thank you so much. And I love so many things. There's, I just want to go back to the moment that you talked about deep gratitude and crying because I just want to highlight and flag this with people because I think with manifestation culture, with high vibe, kind of like good vibes only, which I think is toxic positivity, I just really want to flag it and say on the other side of that, I think that sometimes we're afraid to feel the negative emotions. And I love that you encapsulated it in like gratitude for your daughter on your chest and crying with that, right? Like there's this fusion of, of emotions of, and it doesn't have to be one or the other. Like, mm-hmm. what am I trying to say here? I just really wanted to highlight that because I feel like not enough people, if something's making you cry from gratitude because you deeply feel it, don't be afraid of it, I guess is what I'm trying to say, because that actually brings us closer to the magic. And I just really wanted to highlight that because I think that's where some people can go wrong, right? Because we're maybe afraid of the depths. We're maybe afraid of having deep gratitude. We want it to be high vibe and positive and nice. But just because there is deep emotion there and crying and those other things does not mean that it is bad. I just, yeah, I just really wanted to speak to that. Do you have anything else to offer on that? Yeah, I do. It's so funny. It was just such a topic today. So it's just always ironic when it kind of comes full circle around. But, you know, in this land of 
toxic positivity, <laughs> we forget that we can be imperfect. We forget that we can be imperfect and humans, quite frankly, just humans mm-hmm. with a range of emotions <laughs> and still make amazing money and mm-hmm. still, you know, have an amazing business and still have, you know, an amazing marriage, amazing life, amazing parenting relation, you know, whatever it is. Right. And it's kind of like saying, like, I feel like it's like throwing the baby out with the bathwater. Right. It's like, I can never have a fight with my husband and a perfect marriage. Like that's bullshit. That's just bullshit. Right. Like perfectionist thinking, like, can we say it again for the people in the back? Yeah, exactly. Like it's not, and I feel like we do it the same. Like, you know, if I said this about my relationship, everyone was like, well, that's bullshit. You can have a fight with your husband and still have an amazing marriage. Right. Like that's possible. Right. That's possible. But I feel like in survival mode and all this stuff, it's like, you can't have a bad day and still have an amazing life. Like, Again, this is bullshit, right? This is mm-hmm. bullshit. Mm-hmm. So don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Like, don't make it all one thing. Like, yeah. it is, it's okay that to have both, right? So yeah. the duality. Yes. The duality. Yes. And I just, again, I want to highlight what you said there. Like, you can make amazing money. You can have a great marriage and still have a shit day and still Mm -hmm. have a shit month and still be deep in the depths of grief or sadness or whatever the fuck that you're in. Like, it's still all possible. And I don't think enough of us kind of realize it yet. This is something that's definitely comes for me, you know, like I'm getting better at holding myself in those big feelings and processing them more and be like, oh, I can do this and this. But that was a huge learning curve. I think, I think from this, you spoke before about desire and I just wanted to unpack that a little bit because we talked about toxic desire. And Mm. I also wanted to hear your opinion on because I feel like I don't know is this an observation that you've made but it's certainly an observation that I've made that women feel like they can't ask for too much wish for too much or yeah like there's this you can have this much desire but this much desire is not okay like going you know like and I feel like it's just a some women don't know what they want Some women, if you ask them what they want, they actually don't know what they want. And, you know, and desire is like a dirty word. So I kind of wanted your riff on that. Like, what's your experience? What's your observation? I think it's just women, to be honest. I think it's men too. I actually think it's cultural. And I I mean, cultural across the board, like, you know, men, women, all of us. Like, I I feel like... it's funny, like, you know, I, I wasn't sure if I wanted to tap into this or not, but, you know, it's like even growing up middle class versus, you know, lower class versus, you know, wealthy versus, you know, all these things kind of determines what we think is possible. Mm-hmm. You know, my own story is a little bit funny in the sense that, you know, I grew up pretty poor, quite frankly, you know, um, bankruptcies, <laughs> food stamps at points, like it was very poor. But my family actually was very wealthy. And so, you know, I'd see them buy these apartment buildings, you know, so they could have like 50 tenants in them or, you know, buy these things. And so it was like, what was possible? So when it comes to it, it's really about our realm of what we think is possible. 
And we Mm -hmm. put that limitation on ourselves. Mm -hmm. And if, you know, I'm one of five kids, right? Two of us are from my dad's first marriage and the rest of us are from a second marriage. And my family that's wealthy was from my mom's side. Mm -hmm. And the other kids are from my dad's side with my stepmom. And they didn't have that same experience. They didn't see what was possible. And it was interesting to see like what we believe is possible. Like even though we're siblings, right? And even though we were raised essentially 50% of the time the same, Mm -hmm. what I believe is possible and what some of them believe is possible is two different things. Mm. And it's not like bad or good or anything else. It's just interesting to observe. And it's just based on experience, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so I guess, you know, at the end of the day, it's, it's us deciding if we look at, you know, and this, I think this is like really applicable for a lot of people, like looking at coaches posting big figures, right? Some people feel triggered by it. Some people feel like, oh my gosh, I can't believe they do that. They can't believe they show their money. And like, when I look at it, I feel really fucking inspired. I'm like, holy shit, if they can do that, I can do that. So it's really, how do you look at those things? When you look at someone driving a nice car, do you think, oh, I wonder what the fuck they do? Or are you sitting there going, wow, that's a nice car. I want one of those one day. You know, you drive past a nice house. Are you sitting there thinking they probably sell drugs? <laughs> <laughs> you know, did you read my mind? I literally <laughs> said to some of my friends, <laughs> I've been like, I want to pull up to my kid's school. And all the parents are like, does she sell drugs or does she work <laughs> online? Like... <laughs> What kind That's of coach is she? <laughs> <laughs> like actually my goal, which is beside the point. I love that you said that. How would you help someone feel a little bit more comfortable with too much? Like how, you know, because it does feel like, is that an incremental thing or is that like a just wild possibility thing? Like, you know? I generally find incremental is easier for people to like comprehend. You know, it's like if you're starting a business at zero, I wanted 300 bucks a week, right? If I said 50K a month, I would have been like, Mel, you're smoking some good drugs. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Because it's not comprehensible because I was was going for 300 bucks a month. Yeah. And so the increments definitely help, right? Yeah. That, That totally helps. But it's also just again, looking at what other people are doing and it's like, why not you? Yeah. And feeling inspired rather than like the jealousy kind of, you know, yeah. I, I, um, I actually really like, I like the culture of coaches posting how much I don't like the the culture of like them lying when it's like lying about it, but I actually really appreciate, especially female coaches. I think it's really important to know what's possible and to know like, you know, yes, they might have lots of expenditure that month if they're making a $50,000 a month. But I think, I think it's really helpful for women to know that it is possible and that like it is happening and it is like, you know, I, I think that, yeah, that's my personal opinion on it. I, I think. do. And I swing, like I do swing. Yeah. I, I go through phases where I'll post it all the time, you know, like what I'm making all this. And then, you know, right now I'm not in that season. I've been yeah. really feeling into my clients wins. I'm like, I want to post yeah. what they're doing and what's possible, you know, like, you know, it's not just about coming to work with me because I don't do the work, right? Like yeah. it's really nice to help and support someone, but you're not doing the hard work, quite frankly. Yeah, yeah. So it's and like, it is hard work. It yeah. is. It totally is, right? But when they do it, like that's inspiring. That's yeah. really inspiring to me. And it's like, 
I've always thought of myself as like a practitioner and not a guru. Like I'm in the trenches. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I share with my clients, like I flopped a lunch this month or, you know, like I did this really shit or, you know, and I did this really great too. Yeah. So it's not just, you know, it's, it's both. Right. Mm-hmm. And again, it's kind of that, I guess, toxic pos- positivity kind of essentially in, in a different format really right now. Right. Like it's mm-hmm. like most people aren't actually dating what actually went into that right Mm, yeah so then again it is just that like you know what was the expenditure how many staff did it actually take yeah like yeah 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 you know what's truth behind it yeah and I think stopping and reflecting on like how you want it to go as well you know like how do you want to operate in business and how much do you want to work and like all that kind of stuff I think there's so many different measuring sticks that but I feel like we're getting (laughs) topic there can you I want to talk a little bit more about cultivating safety in yourself because I feel like this is one of the biggest keys and for me that was like again connecting back to myself and my intuition so I trusted myself and also coming to this like deep place of compassion and forgiveness and acceptance and actual love for myself I think those are two huge keys so how do you how do you cultivate that for you like is is there daily practices is it reminders that pop up on your phone what are the things that anchor you into those feelings throughout a day throughout a week yeah so I mean the big thing for me is my everyday expansion sheet which is like literally I've made a template out of it so I can give it to the world but it (laughs) is literally the thing I do every day personally so I'm grateful for I desire and then something every day to grow my mind, my body and my soul. So like generally it's like watch a training for me and then my, you know, nourish my body's like either walk or water or something like that. And then soul, and then it's dump everything out, the noise, and then making choices from there. I do generally do a mantra every day as well, but it's actually off the back of all this. Hmm. So it's not like the same one every day sometimes it is it kind of depends you know mm-hmm. and that structure really helps me just momentum build momentum which I think is the thing that most people are kind of lacking after a while you know it's it's like how to start the car moving from stationary right so when it comes to it for me these are my daily practices This is literally what I do. It's, you know, for my life, but it's also for my business. And it does give me a sense of safety, to be honest, because I feel like I've covered all my bases. And I think that's the thing. It's like, what do you have to do to cover all your bases so that you feel like you've more or less ticked the box, right? Mm -hmm. And then you can proceed forward because I think this is the thing. We feel like we've got all this noise in our head. Will I juggle all the balls? Will I keep them all in the air is kind of more how I feel about it, right? And so getting that practice, whatever that practice looks like for you to actually make sure it's out of your head and down on paper, down on whatever it is. So, you know, you're ticking the boxes, you're moving forward, which will provide you that evidence we talked about before that you can do it and you can keep doing it and you can, you know, grow from here as well. From a more practical point of view, when I'm feeling, say, anxious or, you know, feeling a little bit out of sorts, right? Because we all have these days, like we discussed, you know, when I'm feeling more, you know, down and out, so to speak, 
My turn twos are really this. EFT, tapping. Mm -hmm. That's like the one I kind of always tune back into. I love tapping just because it's like such a tactile thing too. Like I feel like there's something about the tactileness of it, moving it through. And like (laughs) most of the time when I'm doing it, if I'm in that position, I'm down and out, I'm like bowling at the same time. Like, yeah. I'm really oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm not as much a baller for some reason during that. You would think I would be, but no, I yawn. Like I'm like, and, and my beautiful friend, Catherine Ross, who, you know, also is my EFT practitioner. She's like, no, do I bore you? Like, <laughs> oh, no. Just need to get it out. <laughs> so, you know, yeah. EFT is just, oh, it's so powerful of moving stuff around. I, I'm not a huge journaler. But I am a journaler when it comes to like being angry or frustrated or like just like needing to get something out. And like, again, just getting it out. Because sometimes I remember like years ago, my father-in-law got really ill and I went to a counselor actually at this point because I was, I was, he had a brain tumor and we thought he was going to die. And it was this really like, you know, really scary moment in my life kind of thing where you just didn't feel like you had control of anything. Yeah. yeah. I remember speaking to her. And saying, I think he's going to die. And saying it out loud, because I'd been thinking it. I'm sure everyone thought it at the time, to be honest. He's, you know, this is seven years on and he's still very much alive. But actually being able to verbalize it without being judged, without being, you know, feeling like I was hurting anyone's feelings, you know, or or anything like that was the medicine I needed. I felt Mm -hmm. fine after that again. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, clearly the situation wasn't fine, but I actually felt fine. And so... I've always kind of thought about that because I went home and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so at peace mm-hmm. with everything. And I, I felt like I I'd kind of sorted something. And so, you know, a lot of times the things we need to say mm. aren't necessarily the truth, but they are our truth. And so getting them out, that's kind of like, you know, journaling the frustration, right? It's not necessarily the truth, but it is my truth. Yeah. And so that I can move forward. And again, it's all about that momentum. How do we get momentum? Because it's once it's like one foot in front of the other to get out of survival mode into thriving mode. It's not, I'm here now and now I'm here. It's yeah. just one foot in front of the other. And then before you know it, you look back and you're like, holy shit, was I over there? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it is like that. I do feel like one day you're like, oh, and I notice like my, I notice I'm so much more nicer to myself. I think that's the hugest difference that I can really pinpoint. Like my, my external environment reality, like hasn't changed that much, but the way that I speak to myself is so vastly different. And I also just want to, I love that speaking out loud. And I, like let's just remove the myth that you can't say negative things or talk negative or be negative for a second because that shit is keeping you toxic if you know and that was my problem for so long I thought that I wasn't allowed to acknowledge all of the bad all of the shit like and that it really kept me stuck like you know again with that toxic positivity kind of culture it's like we're afraid to, you know, I know some people when they do EFT tapping, they're afraid to tap on the bad. It's like, no, but moving the bad out of your body and like there is acknowledging it. Yes. And there is something so healing, especially about like audibly saying it, like saying it out loud and then being like, it's almost like you say it out loud and then like, oh, 
I didn't die. Have Nothing <laughs> happened. You know, the, the, the like world didn't. Life by lightning. Yes. <laughs> yes. And then once that is kind of disappeared, then we're like, oh, okay. And then it's like it creates the space for all the good to come back in. Like I was speaking to my friend this morning. We have this beautiful, similar to you, but we have this beautiful Voxer process. You know, her and I, we have been like best friends for years. And we have this every morning we jump on, we say three things that we're grateful for three things that we desire and three things that we're celebrating, right? And sometimes we need to process the bad things. Sometimes we're like, I'm just going to talk this out loud because hearing yourself say it, I don't know what that does, but it does something. (laughs) Like this is what the whole counselling, you know, psychotherapy industry is built on, right? Because it helps you make sense of it in your own mind. So I really just wanted to say thank you for saying that because it is a fucking myth that you cannot ever acknowledge your bad feelings or say them out loud or write them down or however, like it's getting them out of your system. It's mm-hmm. Otherwise it's there stuck in your body, you know, like poisoning you essentially. So Yeah, and it's, it's a fine, delicate line too because I love that, you know, yeah, we need to get it out, but it's also catching ourselves if we're in a loop, right? And the reason it worked for me that time in particular was because I wasn't in a loop. I was in a loop in my brain, but I wasn't verbalizing it. Mm -hmm. But I think in survival mode, what we do is we loop what we're saying over and over and over. So being really conscious of that, I think, as well Yes, I'm here and I like I'll totally say I don't want the toxic positivity, but it's easy to get into proper toxic negativity too, right? Yeah, because yeah. you can get in that loop and that cycle of it. Yeah. So being really mindful in general about what's actually coming out because you're speaking it into existence and not like, you know, I'm not talking about going cray cray on this, but you know, just going, okay am I looping this? Yes. And you'll know if you're looping something. Like if you're really honest with yourself, you'll know if you're looping something because that's yes. when something needs to shift. That's yes. when the real truth needs to come out, whether it be, you know, going to a counselor or, or you know, however yes. you kind of process it or getting into your diary and really telling the truth in there, like your truth, not the truth, your truth in there and doing that next layer to break the loop. Yes, that's what I was going to say. Like how what's how do you break the loop? Because it is, there is like, you're so right. And thank you for bringing that up because there is a huge difference between when it loops and it's just like, it's almost like your ego just keeps telling you the same story or when you're like, you just need to move it on and out. Yeah. Like, so you're getting down to the next layer. Is there anything else that you do to break the loop? I mean, me, myself, I've got coaches and mentors. Like I, that's how I kind of process it. And it depends. Is it something I'm saying on repeat or is it something that I'm thinking on repeat? Mm-hmm. Because they're two different things for me personally. And again, everyone operates differently in the world, right? Like we all, we have all different operating systems. So for me, there's two different things. Like I was saying with my father-in-law, for instance, that was something I was thinking on repeat. Like it was something that was loopy. I'm like, oh my gosh, he's going to die. We're in like this, you know, tragic situation. It's horrible. It's horrible. It's horrible. And I couldn't verbalize it to anybody. Right. And so in that situation, I needed to find the person I could verbalize that to who was not emotionally attached to the situation so I could speak my truth, right? That's one scenario when we're looping something in our minds. 
And sometimes we even need to say to our partner, I say this to my, my husband, I don't need you to fix this. I just need you to listen. Yeah. <laughs> and he'll be like, Hey, which I think is really hard for a man in general. Yeah. Like, you can't fix that. Well, I think it's hard for people in general. <laughs> oh, totally. Like, my mom's the worst at it. I'm like, Mom, I just need to vent. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, you can't fix this. Yeah. I just need to vent, right? Like, yeah. and and my husband's my my you know like person I vent to, which I think is hard too because he wants to fix my fix yeah. my shit, right? Yeah. But he's beautiful. Yeah. So there's one one version of it. If it's something I'm saying. Mm on repeat and this is where it gets more challenging is it emotionally affecting me Mm -hmm. right this is where I generally write and this is also where I generally try not to myelinate (laughs) so myelinate being you know basically saran wrap in insulate in the same thing I'm saying over and over and over and over again because that's just your you know your neurons basically going yep two plus two is four yep you know that (laughs) one and let's just you know insulate that baby in there so then I try to literally write and just try to go deeper into it and go as deep as I possibly can to to kind of, you know, alleviate it from me and tapping as a rule of thumb. So two different kind of versions of it. Thank you so much. I have loved chatting to you. I feel like I could chat to you forever. Is there anything that we haven't covered that you feel like needs to be said about moving from survivor mode to thriving mode? Yeah, and it's kind of an obvious one. And it's kind of an annoying one. Like, you know, someone's <laughs> going to want to like bitch slap me when I say it, right? Like, you'd be like, I like this podcast until Mel said, <laughs> right? It's a choice. It's a conscious choice every day waking up and deciding I'm changing and I'm not going to do the same things I did because the frequency of the solution is not the same as the problem. No. That's so true. From my personal experience, it is a choice. And like, you know, there's that whole, like the universe will just make you uncomfortable until you move anyway. So you either get to move by choice or you get to move by the, like the universe making it harder and harder for you to keep choosing that shitty, the shitty reality. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, totally. So, I mean, you know, annoying, right? The the most (laughs) annoying cliche thing ever. It doesn't feel like it. It doesn't feel like a choice when you're in amongst it. But, you know, we are choosing and we are selecting our emotions and we are selecting those things. We can choose how we feel Mm. in every second. We can't control like what happens, Mm. but we can totally control how we feel about it, which again is so cliche and so freaking annoying. (laughs) And not, yeah, it's simple, but not easy. I feel like, you know, yeah. Thank you so much. Where can we, if someone wants to work with you, if someone wants to be in your world, where can we find you? Where can we hang out with you? Where can we access your courses, all the things? Yeah, so the easiest place to find me would be my Facebook profile, Melissa Kara, K-A-R-A. So add me as a friend and I have an amazing free Facebook community where you can come and grow your business and be supported, which is the Kick-Ass Coaches Club. And yeah, those are the best places to find me. Thank you so much for chatting with me today. I have loved talking to you about all things survival mode. (laughs) Thank you so much for having me, beautiful lady. As always, thanks so much for listening today. And if anything here landed in your soul feels, please share with the people that you love because the more hearts and ears this gets into, the better. 
If you want more conversation like this, then head over to the Quintessential Being by Nikki Facebook or Instagram page. I would love to see you there. Till next time, big love. Mm-hmm.